Welcome to We Hear Her. I'm Erin Trenbeth-Murray, and I'm here today with another amazing woman who is sharing her story and insights into life lessons learned. Hi, I'm Erin Trenbeth-Murray. Welcome to the We Hear Her podcast with Women Who Succeed. Today, I get the opportunity to speak with my dear friend, Krista Perry, who all I can think of really that equates to Krista's name is bold. I just think of her and think of her boldness in her career, boldness with her passion for skiing, boldness in her passion for her family, and all that she does with her sports and activities. She just is really out there and courageous. When you look at Krista, I have to tell you a little bit about her. At 21, Krista traveled with the 2002 Salt Lake Winter Olympic torch relay as the spokesperson. I mean, who gets to have that on their resume? I don't have that on my resume. Then she spent 15 years as one of the very few women executives in the ski and adventure industry. She was head of marketing for Park City Mountain Resort, where during her time, she implemented numerous campaigns and initiatives that focused on moms and family, including snowmamas.com. You can see right there the complexity of Krista between her love of the outdoors and her savviness on the, on the business side. Additionally, she launched a division of Powder Corp that focused on partnerships, where she secured over $15 million in partnership revenue with some of the largest global brands, including Coca-Cola, Under Armour, GoPro, Subaru, and more. In 2016, Krista and her sister, Lindsay Stevenson, launched Sister Up, a business consulting agency for female entrepreneurs. She is also an in-demand experienced speaker and has become a conference favorite of clients who invite her back year after year. Her presentations include both data-driven research-based uh, information, personal stories, and of course, anyone that knows Krista, her high energy and passion. Audiences always leave inspired and motivated and desire to stay connected. When Krista is not traveling the world, speaking or helping female entrepreneurs, she can be found skiing and biking with her team of boys, her husband and her two young sons. In addition, um, Krista is the founding member of Hayes Tough Foundation, which is just two years has raised over $1 million for children battling cancer. Krista also sits on the Community Advisory Council for the Women's Research Center at the University of Utah, and of course, Women Who Succeed, and the Crimson Collective, now for the uh, University of Utah. And I'm so happy to have you here, Krista. Well, thank you so much. I mean, that, that's quite the introduction. Well, it's your <laughs> I didn't make any of that up, believe it or not. But if I tried to make it up, I don't know if I could because it's such a unique, um, I don't, uh, it's a unique, differing kind of perspectives and arenas. But yet when I think of all of them together, I'm just like wowed because it's just boldness all all the way around. And I'm wondering, have you always been like that? If you look back at your seven-year-old self, were you that girl that was just bigger than I was? And in fact, I can share a story of my seven-year-old Krista because I was, you know, I I had lots of energy. Um, I've always been, as my mom says, I was born this way. And as Lady Gaga says, uh, I have always had lots of energy. And I remember my second grade teacher, I was seven years old, and my second grade teacher, Mrs. Reboff, I, I was in Belgrade, Montana, and she had won the Teacher of the Year Award. And so the, the uh, I think it was a local NBC station was coming to our classroom. 
and we were so excited. And, and they said to us, they said, now listen, everybody needs to stay in your seats because we're going to be over here, you know, interviewing Mrs. Reboff and you all need to stay in your seats. Well, of course, seven-year-old Krista has so much excitement that, wow, the newskeepers are here. And so, first of all, not only did I not stay in my seat, we also were supposed to be very quiet. I was very loud. You know, I kept Stop. talking so loud. Stop. I know, right? Which is so weird because I'm such a quiet person. And you can see, sure enough, the, the clip comes out, right? And, and who is there walking behind Mrs. Reboff multiple times, you know, and, and talking loudly <laughs> the little seven-year-old Krista. So I would say that I was, I was born bold. Uh, my mom tells the story. My middle name is Joy. And the reason why my middle name is Joy is that my mom said that when I was born, um, I had a giant head, like a, a really big head, right? Like literally and figuratively. Uh, and she said, I, I thought we were going to be a like 15-pound baby. I was a six pound, like five ounce baby, but I had this giant head. And she said when 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 I when she delivered me, it was like the angels were singing Joy to the World. Um, and so that's why my middle name is Joy. Oh, I love that. That's so you. That's and which is interesting because Tim, your husband, is much um maybe his cadence, his pace is a little lower key. And I think that's what's so amazing, right? Like when you meet when I met your husband, right, for the first time when I met Jeff, I'm like, oh my gosh. Of course, because I think that bold personalities, right? The yin and yang. Who's like us. It is that yin and yang. And I think that, you know, that's what's so amazing. And that actually is the reason why I've been able to do so much mm -hmm. in my life. Like, I've always had women my whole career be like, how do you do this? I'm like, you want to know how I do this? I do this because I have such an incredible, incredibly supportive husband who has never felt threatened, right? It was never about his ego, which is, which is what we typically find. Um, and he just has always been so supportive of me. And I think that that is the only reason that we get to places like this, right? It's because we had those people who were taking on a lot more work uh, at times than than what other people were. More behind the scenes kind of thing. That's right. For sure. So do you think, so you have two sons yep. and you're so busy. Um, I What I found phenomenal about you is that somehow you are carving out very segmented, compartmentalized pieces of time. And when you work hard, you seem to work really hard. When you play hard, you're playing really hard. And when you're mom, you're really being mom. And there's just this very definitive, and it's been so obvious as I've just gotten to know you, what, five months? Right, which is crazy. I mean, you're like soul sister. I know, right? I, four or five months even. But the, your boys come first before anything else. And I was wondering if you could speak a little bit to that that commitment of, yeah. of being a mom. Well, and you know, it's it's interesting because it was not always that way, right? I always knew that I wanted to be a mom that shows up. Like I wanted to be a mom that was there. And I think it's because in my childhood, uh, I, I didn't have a mom that always showed up. My mom had a mental breakdown when I was 10 years old uh, in the fifth grade, which is a very pivotal time. How is your son right now? Uh, so so about the same, so yeah. I had an 11 year old and a 13 year old. Yeah. And so it was actually about the age of my boys. And and um, my mom had a mental breakdown for lots of reasons. She had lots of terrible memories that she started remembering. And she was about my age now, you know, and it, and it makes me so sad for her because I think about what she was doing. She had five, I have four sisters, so there's five girls in my family. And so here is my mom who didn't have any support. Literally, she was she was meant to raise us kids. My dad uh, was a high school teacher, a high school coach. He, he was gone all the time. Um, and then if he wasn't home, he was at church callings, he was at church meetings. And my poor mom, who suffered two miscarriages, right? So she had two miscarriages. In fact, uh, she, she delivered two stillborns. And she never got help, you know, because she was just forced to be like, no, you have to just keep doing it all. And I actually think there's probably a lot of women um, you know, a lot of my friends who I know who it's like, no, you just have to do it all. 
And so it's no wonder she had a nervous breakdown at the age of, you know, 41, because how are you supposed to hold all that, right? How are we supposed to have the capacity to hold all that stuff? And, and so now as, a, as an adult, I can reflect back and say like, man, that, that is such a hard moment for a mom to have to live in. But as an 11-year-old, right, and you have a mom who's not there, instead you think, how terrible, right? Like my mom would come in and out of our lives, right? She'd, she'd kind of be there and then she wouldn't be there. And, and she was because she was having to do these things on her own. And, and I think that it made me realize at a young age that like, okay, you know, we cannot make, we, we don't get to choose the things that happen to us, right? We don't, we don't get to choose the things that happen to us, but we do get to choose is what we do with those things. And I think that I learned that at such a young age that like, okay, life is going to deal us lots of hard blues that we have zero control over, but we have control of like, what are we going to do with that? How are we going to show up? Right. And, and I think that throughout my life, like I, I did go down some, some bad roads, you know, and, and I just kept remembering that like, no, this isn't what I'm meant to be. Right. I, I'm, I, I don't have to be the result of, of some of these consequences or some of these choices. I get to make other choices. Um, and so I've had lots of hardships in life. And I think that those hardships are actually what make us the incredible people that we are is because life was not meant to be easy. And I actually think that if life is easy, like sometimes I think my boy's life is way too easy, right? Yeah. Like, boys, I need to give you some hardships, right? Like right. you need to learn how to be resilient yeah. because that's what we learn when we go through these hard things. It teaches us how to be resilient. And if we don't flex that resilient muscle, right, then it's just like working out. If we don't work that out, then it's never going to get strong. Um, and so I think that a lot of, a lot of like back to your question, right? This is a long way to get to your question of, of, of like, you know, I, I knew that because my mom couldn't show up for me that I wanted to show up for my kids and yet I didn't take that path I was you know I, I had a very big career um I was a, one of the only women um senior executives in the ski industry I was traveling all over right I, I mean I would travel 60,000 miles a month I'd leave on a Sunday night um and I would get home on a Friday night and my incredible husband right would take the load he was a primary caregiver right and and um, and I just, it was just what I did. In fact, I remember my older son was going to kindergarten orientation. This is crazy. And my nanny said to me, she said, Hey, Krista, I just don't pass the school. Did you see that Jack has orientation today? And I'm like, I don't have time. I've got a meeting. I've got to be up in Park City. I cannot go to his orientation. And I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, my little guy, it, it like kind of makes me tear up because I remember driving up to Park City. I was late for a meeting and I got to the Mountain Dell golf course and it kind of like tears me up. And I remember thinking like, did you just tell your five-year-old son that he's going to go to kindergarten orientation it, alone? Which is what I told him. And I, re I I called her up and I said, hey, can you put Jack on the phone? And I said, hey, buddy, mommy's going to this meeting and I'm going to be back. I'm going to take you to kindergarten orientation. Because I just, I, I, I'm like, wow, when you get in it, right? And it's all you know how. When you get in it, you're like, no, I just have to be in this. And, um, and so I'm really grateful that I had those moments to be like, okay, you got to check yourself. Right. Um, and and again, I am so grateful for the experiences I've had because all those experiences, even these hard things of like people, people would say to me, like it's makes me laugh. Um, people would always say to me, like, I just don't know how you leave your kids so much. Right. And I would always have a flippant response like, well, I don't know how your husband leaves his kids so much, you know, um, or like, wow, I just love my kids way too much. I could never, you know, travel as much as you do. And and I think that sometimes we think that like. Oh, that person is living a life that we can never live. But I think that sometimes if we just look at if somebody would have come to me and said, wow, how do you do it all? Right. Because we don't do it all. There, oh, all yeah. sacrifice. there, there is no such thing as doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And you said once to me, I remember you saying 
I was, I think it was the second time we had hung out together and um, we were talking about your mom and my dad, some similarities with yeah. mental health challenges. And you said, you know, I wouldn't change a thing. That's right. And I remember how it was like a bucket of cold water on me because I think I've had some victim mentality um, and over the years. And I think I'm at a good place. But when you said that, I realized, right, because that is who still makes who you are right now. And that I just want you to know how impactful that small statement was on me. You know, even those really difficult, challenging elements to our life, that's what made you resilient. It is tough and gritty and all the things. That and those are things, you know, I think that sometimes we look at people and we think, oh, they've never been through, through something hard. But you know that we all have. We all have, right? And we all have. And and I think that when we realize, I actually think that's what allows us to get through hard things, mm-hmm. right? If we don't have anything to reflect back on and to remember, like, let's say something hard comes up and you're like, oh, let me go back to Aaron five years ago when I had to experience this with my dad or I had to yeah. experience this. That's what gives us the courage, right? That's actually what allows us to be brave, to be able to move forward because we can reflect back on that and be like, Oh, yes, I've done this before. And maybe it's not the exact same thing, but we know that, like, we've gone through hard things before. Right. When you talk about your career, it's interesting because certainly we all, I mean, people have told me the higher you, you know, the higher you get professionally, the further you fall, like all of that. And you've got some pretty highs, some pretty neat roles and jobs. Um, When you think about the professional background that you've had, can you tell me your something that rises to the top that is one of your very favorite accomplishments that you were able to strategize or own you believed in yourself you followed your gut and it paid off yeah I'd love to hear something about that you know I think that really where it started was being a 21 year old uh working for the Olympics so actually I worked for Coltrane Associates which was the PR agency brought in uh, with Mitt Romney when when kind of the Mitt Romney came in to the 2002 Olympic Games, and um, I was I was actually 19 years old. I've always been a huge Olympic fan, and I knew that I wanted to work for the Olympics. And so, um, you know, we my sister worked for Cultural Associates. I'm like, I'm gonna work for the Olympics. Now, how do I get in? And so I started interning at Cultural. I was an intern. I knew nothing about PR. Quite honestly, I was actually in exercise science was my major. Uh, what I was in major at the, at the time. And I was like, this is what I want to do. And so I just showed up to an interview and I'm like, yeah, I can do this. You know, I, I, I knew nothing. I literally just showed up because I actually think in life, that's what it's about. It's about showing up. And it's about like, I, I don't know what I'm going to know. And in fact, I don't even know what I'm going to need to know, but I will show up and I promised I will learn. And so I showed up and, and what happened is that when I showed up, right. And I just did the work. I, I worked so hard. I would work like 80 hours a week while also going to school because I was like, this is a huge opportunity. I'm not going to let it go go by. And I had been an intern for about eight months. Um, and this was in September of 2001. I'll always remember it was it was the week before September 11th. And my boss passed away suddenly um, in, in his sleep. He was Randy. He was an amazing guy. And he was supposed to go travel with the Olympic Torch Relay. And it was like, next man up. They said, Krista, you're the one who has to go. I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, yeah, like, no, I'm in school still. So I actually made the choice to go, um, you know, withdrew from school. And I went on the torch relay. And that choice literally changed my life. Because to be a insecure 21-year-old who just somehow mustered the courage to say, okay, I'll show up and I'll do, 
I got to be out on an Olympic torch relay where America was changed, right? 9-11 happened that exact next thing when I had quit my job uh, or I had quit school. And and I remember Mitt, we were all in a war, right? Like we were all in this room because people were wondering if the Olympics were going to go on. And again, here I am a 21-year-old like college student and I'm in this room with right, right, we're all in this room because Mitt Romney was actually in Washington, D.C. And it's like, we have to tell people, we have to tell the world that the Olympics is going to go on. And I was actually tasked after that meeting to go and find um, 100 torchbearers who had been directly impacted by 9-11. And, and though goosebumps. next moments that I had over the next three months were literally like sacred. Like I was making phone calls in my cubicle saying, hey, you know, I'll always remember call to Elizabeth Glick. Um, her husband, Jeremy Glick, was on United Flight 93. And I got to call Elizabeth, who had had so much right. She had just had a baby. Like, she had lost so much. I got to call her and say, my name's Krista Rolls, the 2002 Olympics. We'd love to have you carry the torch. And and she said to me, like, Krista, I remember her sobbing. You know, and I'm sobbing in my cubicle. And she said, this is the first time I smiled because Jeremy loved the Olympics. And he'd always wanted to be an Olympian. And so to bring that hope, right? And again, here I am, just a 21-year-old. Uh, but because I said yes, right, because I showed up, I got to have these incredible moments and then to be able to go out on the torch relay and to be able to have, see all these people who had been impacted by 9-11 carry the Olympic flame and see people who had lost limbs, see people who had who had just had a horrific like heartbreak. And for that one moment, they got to carry that Olympic torch. It like changed my life because quite honestly, I had been a, you know, even though I was confident, I'd had lots of things. I had contemplated suicide. I had, con- I had some really dark moments in my life and I had a really low self-esteem um, and, and I remember on that torch relay looking at these people who, again, had lost so much. And, and they, their light, so the theme of the 2000 Olympics was light the fire within. And it made me realize that, you know what, every single one of us has this light inside of us. And sometimes it's really, really dim. And sometimes it means that we have to borrow the light from the person next to me, right? That I need to borrow Aaron's light because mine is so dim right now. And it changed my life, like that whole notion, because it made me realize that, like, we're all unique individuals, right? Every single one of us is unique and we were put here on this earth to be ourselves and to let that uniqueness shine. And and who are we to put our, our own fires out? And so that moment, and again, it's kind of like a career moment, but, but it literally did change my life. And it I think that that has helped me in my career. And the reason why I've been able to like, you know, quote unquote, achieve so much success from a professional level is because I took that with me of like, no, Krista, you are here in this moment because it's exactly where you're supposed to be. Right. Oh my gosh. There's so much to unpack there. I think that some of the things that, I mean, there's so much, honestly, that just hit me, but, um, wow. I mean, I, I think the 21 year old is interesting that the age, right? Because there are some things I wish that I would have, I wish I would have said yes and been bold and gone forward. Right. I don't, I think, I bet you never look back and go, wow, that was a wish I never would have accepted jumping in to take yeah. the Olympic torch relay lead. Um, but sometimes when you're young, you you don't realize how deep you're in. Like, you don't realize the politics. You don't yeah. realize the complexity. So you're like, sure, I'll do that. I mean, I, I can think of things when I was 26 or 27 that I was probably still young enough in my career. Yeah. Or now I might be a little more like, hmm. It's so true. The politics in that. How much is it going to cost? Yeah. What's the timeline? What's the project management? You know, that yeah. kind of, the forecast for that. So I love that you just that you just dove right in and I can see emotionally, physically, possibly spiritually, intellectually, how that entire experience helped shape and form who you are as a woman, as a wife, as a professional, as a daughter, yeah, mother. It was literally everything. And I, and I, and I think back and I'm like, 
how in the world, right? Sometimes people are like, wow, that's so lucky. And I'm like, okay, yes, there is luck involved, but it also is just taking chance. It is just saying yes. I think that there's so often that we don't say yes, right? How, how many times if we think about that, right? How many times have we not said yes? Because like, oh, geez. And in fact, I had to call my dad and be like, dad, they just told me that I needed to like work for them full time. I shouldn't drop out of school. I literally said, I'm like, I can't withdraw from school. I'm my senior year. Well. Okay, listen, you're never going to get this opportunity again. Like, yeah. I it's promise the Olympics. school will be there, right? Like you can go. So so thanks to my dad for for really encouraging me. But I'm like, there's so many times that we don't say yes because we we think we're not qualified, right? We think, I mean, we overthink, especially as women. Overthink. Especially as women, right? Like this is like my biggest thing. If I could teach any woman anything, it would be like, believe in yourself right? Like we need you. And, and I always say like, if, if we don't show up, right? Like we miss out. And I think the world, even more important, the world misses out, right? Think about all these people who we are missing out on because they are too afraid to show up. Right. And they have so much to offer. Yeah. That's hidden. So much to offer. Well, I'd love to end with having you, the theme of show up has just been, I mean, so relevant in everything you've done, taking control, um, or, or when you can't control it, showing up and being open to what is presented in front of you. There's still this very motion-oriented, proactive element about you and everything that you do, this constant movement forward. And if it doesn't work out, I'll pivot. And if it doesn't work out, I'll pivot. And what did I learn from that? And okay, learn from that. Let's do something different. What advice would you give um, to, a, let's say, a 16, 17-year-old young woman just embarking? You, I mean, you've spoken a little bit to it. But maybe a little bit more to, to wrap us yeah. up. I think nothing is forever, right? Like, here's the thing is that sometimes I think we make a decision and it means that like, oh, no, that's going to be what I have to do forever. It's like, you know what? You can show up tomorrow and and let's say there was an opportunity for, and you don't like it. Okay. So then you don't have to do it again. But But like oftentimes we think through everything before we even just show up. And so I think that that notion that like nothing is forever, right? Like, okay. We can make a choice today because it feels right, right? And like listening to our gun and be like, no, that feels right. And maybe tomorrow it feels wrong. Okay, great. Well, then tomorrow you can say, no, that actually wasn't the right choice. But I think that so often we we think too long term, like, okay, well, where is that going to, or, or what what is this going to do for me? It's like, no, no, no. Just show up in that moment. And it doesn't have to be forever, right? It, it can be that like, great. Okay, I moved to, I, I think a great example of this, of this is that my sister, uh, so right after college, she got a job in New York and she's like, had never lived in New York State, right? We're from like small town, Montana, Denver. And she's like, and my dad said to her, listen, I can move you out there and you can call me tomorrow and say, I don't want to be here anymore. And I will come back and get you. And and so it's just that notion that like, you know what? Listen, I say this to my kids all the time. Okay, you can just go and do it. And if you don't like it, then we can say, okay, maybe that's not for me. But how many chances are we are we totally not even like taking by just not even, you know, giving it a chance and by not even just showing up? And so- Show up is a is a big theme in my in my home and in my family and kind of in just like who we are because I, I think then again showing up just as we are. Sometimes we put way too many ideas of, of the way that we need to show up too. It's like, no, no, no. The world needs you exactly as you are. We don't need a hundred like people trying to be just like Aaron, although we shouldn't yeah. try to be just no. like Aaron. Right? Let us Aaron's amazing. But like, no, every single one of us needs to show up in our own way. We this world is not meant to be black and white, right? This world is full of color. And we need everybody's color to show up. Oh, I love that so much. Krista, thank you for Thank sharing. you so much. Oh, I loved it. That was, every time I talk to you, there's something new I learned about you. I can't wait to 
know you for years and years. Well, I love what you're doing. I think that it's so important for, for women and for girls to just know that like, hey, they, we need you. Literally, the world needs you. And we just need you to show up exactly as you are. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, thank you for joining us today for the We Hear Her podcast with Women Who Succeed. You can see why I love so much hanging out with Krista. The energy is just so contagious and she's so thoughtful at the same time. Fast-paced and thoughtful, all-in-one, bold and constant motion is Krista Perry. So thank you, Krista, and we look forward to talking with you again in the future and please join us for a future podcast. Thank you for taking the time to hear her. Join our efforts and learn more about women who succeed at womenwhosucceed.org. 